Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Homebrew, everybody. I'm your host, Jason Petros, and with me are the two Brian's of homebrewing. Brian one and Brian two. First Which thing. one am I? Indistinguishable. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yes. The uh, 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 which one are you? I don't know. How about that? Just call us Brian One, Brian Two. We'll sort it out. <laughs> That's Kinda right. Like thing One, Thing Two. Right. Uh, Brian Shar and uh, Mr. Brian Cooper, of course, here with us on Doctor Homebrew, and we were talking a little bit before the show, and apparently, Brian Shar has some good news. I do, as a matter of fact. I am now officially a Grandmaster One rank with, uh, with the BJCP. Wow. Nice Congratulations, job, dude. That's Thank awesome. You. Thank you. That and five bucks will get me a cup of coffee at Starbucks. <laughs> if that, man. Uh, and then uh, Brian Cooper uh, <laughs> apparently has another set of good news that's sort of similar. I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I haven't officially flipped the, the uh, odometer yet, but I'm... Yeah. I'm uh, on my official record, I, it looks like I'm a, a few points away from it, and I've just proctored an exam. So once everything gets, um, you know, recorded, I should be hitting the same rank. Should Grandmaster be, one, should be Grandmaster. Good, congratulations, you guys! You guys are both worked really hard on that, and I know it's something that you you care about for it's some been reason. Pretty cool, yeah. I, I, I'm looking forward to getting the um, the fez. <laughs> and uh, the t- you know with the tassel, and yeah. uh, hopefully also like maybe if, as you advance levels, you get one of those little. Bikes? I think you're talking about Shriners. <laughs> if, oh, yeah. If that's, wouldn't that be great if you... <laughs> no, my wife thinks... Uh, uh, oh, you're, you're reaching you're... Grand Poopa right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. What does that entail, um, Brian? That would be amazing if you thought it was the Shriners. Like, no, no, I'm pretty sure... Wait, you mean there's no parade? It's like, what, you've been working this whole time in beer, and you're like, I don't even care. I've been working my whole life for this, and everything in my mind is destroyed. Only Gordon Strong gets the little car, though. That's true. Yeah, I suppose. Man, that would be so amazing. Well, anyway, congratulations, you guys. (laughs) And I I would like to think that uh, Dr. Homebrew has helped in some small way, in small, insignificant way. We were talking about how to make Dr. Homebrew kind of count for BJCP, you know, credit for for you guys. But, I don't know, maybe you don't need it anymore. It's the worst-run competition in the country. What are you talking about? it's (laughs) It's like the rich getting richer over here. Well, if anyone in the BJCP is listening, I think that uh, Cooper here should mm-hmm. get some special service GMSR points for all the years of talking about competitions and, and beer and BJCP. So, uh, BJCP uh, folks, if you're listening, I think that Brian should probably go up to like a Grandmaster too, like almost immediately. Just shoot some right special up. Points. Yeah. 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 
Just shoot right up, dude. Gordon's listening, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Write some new rules, buddy. He's probably listening live right now. Come on. I'm sure he does. I mean, who? I mean, He's always on. in the chat room, that guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. What is it, like 11 o'clock where he is? We've got to get him on the show sometime, too. That would be kind of fun. Yeah, man. Anything. You know, I, I hit him up uh, originally to be part of the show. Yeah. As like a rotating guy, and I'm like, it's going to be impossible Didn't, to ship yeah. beer with, to him. Yeah. It's just, there's no way. And he was into it. So. Did he do one at, at NHC one year or something with with Nate? Wasn't there a show that that yeah. uh, you yeah. guys recorded? I couldn't make it that year, and uh, that was Nate yeah. Gordon. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's a part of the show. Yeah, he knows what's he's up. He's a regular. He knows what's up. Um, all right, today on the show we have two beers. Of course, we have a sour beer and a mint chocolate stout. Those imperial are <laughs> oh mint chocolate imperial stout. Those are uh, definitely um, two things that don't necessarily go together in the same judging table, but I'm okay with it. What That's how we roll here at Doctor Humphrey. <laughs> That's right. Mash them up, buddy. That's right. Uh, before we get uh, Logan on the phone, who is our first contestant here. I want to thank Five Star Chemicals. You go to fivestarchemicals.com. They're a sponsor of this show. And you can learn about the different ways, means, and uh, ends to means and means to ends of uh, making sure that you brew better beer, cleaning, sanitizing, stuff like that, using Five Star products. They're great people. They're all over the homebrew scene. They support homebrewers. They support this show. So please definitely make sure you support them. They support the cleanliness of my growlers. Everything, man. Same. Absolutely. Which, yeah, they'd be horrid without that PBW. That's true. And I get, I like to get hoppy beers. I mean, I know how you feel about hoppy beers, but no, I like hoppy beers. I just don't like high alcohol, unbalanced hoppy. Are you I, are you going to be done with that paper bag anytime soon? I like high alcohol hoppy beers. <laughs> God that bless. <laughs> Logan, are you there? I am. How's it going, guys? Good, man. How are you doing? Doing well. I'm not gonna lie. This is like a, a mini dream of mine already. Now, oh geez, be a part of the brewing network. Oh God. Well, uh, you know, hopefully that dream will end very soon because it's a nightmare. The guy knocking at your door will bring the <laughs> champagne and the uh, you know he'll pop the uh, <laughs> confetti. That's right. You got to dream bigger, Logan. Let me just <laughs> tell you that right now. Well, I, hey, I figure I start small and go. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like that scene in Coming to America. I used to start washing potatoes. Now I'm on fries. <laughs> or lettuce or whatever. He's beef jerky time. Soon I'll be on salads. Yes. Uh, all right, Logan. Well, hey, man, tell me, first of all, what beer did you send in and why? <laughs> I sent in the Imperial Mint Chocolate Stout. Uh, mainly just because I really wanted to see how I'm doing. If this is from my second batch okay. um, of beer ever. Wow. Uh, that I've personally brewed, yeah. Wait, it's your second so, beer ever, but you went hard with an Imperial Chocolate Mint Stout already? I figure you go big or go home, right? <laughs> well, you're already at home, so you have to go big, I guess. That's yeah. <laughs> okay, wow. I mean, that's, that's dude, mine was like a, a Cal Common or a brown ale or some shit. I could never imagine doing an Imperial anything, much less adding two different flavors in there. That's I, crazy. I can definitely yeah. remember the urge You're to, crazy. you know, to uh, to experiment a little bit and push some boundaries when I started brewing. I was like, you know, we could brew a few classic styles, but it, it's kind of... Yeah, but on batch two? You know. <laughs> yeah. Logan, well, I, I didn't know. I... I I just haven't seen a lot of mint chocolate stouts out there, and so I wanted to do it. Yeah. But I kind of accidentally went imperial. Uh, <laughs> okay. So. okay. Now we're now we're talking my language here. 
Yeah, <laughs> but hey, and make um, the best of it. I don't. I don't. I'm not disappointed. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, all right. Well, let's pour this uh, beer here a little bit, and then uh, let's talk a little bit more about you. So, how long have you been homebrewing? Obviously, not very long. No, I uh, started in September of 2008 so, or 2018. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. So you are um, so, fresh. Yeah. So very. Very fresh, um, which is kind of why I'm pretty happy to be on the show. It, I've okay. been listening to you guys for a while now, and oh, it's uh, just exciting for you guys to give me some feedback and you know see how I'm doing, even though I've only kind of just started. Awesome. Well, yeah. hey, man, this is uh, probably the best judging pool that you're going to get because when in any competition, are you ever going to get two grandmaster judges judging the same beer? No, I, I, Rarely, I don't yeah. know. I don't yeah. think so. No, I was more asking the the two other people on the radio with me, but they just sat there and looked at <laughs> yeah. me. So radio is an auditory and not a visual medium. <laughs> is that it, uh, Logan? What got you excited about starting to homebrew? Well, I've been into beer for a while. Um, I actually my first ever time in drinking. I was twenty one. I know I waited like some other stuff. Mm. Um, yes, you quote I, waited uh, unquote. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did actually. Uh, okay. And a friend of mine lived in Germany at the time and took me out for a beer and taught me how to drink beer. And then I ended up learning more about the Cicerone uh, program and started what? studying into that. And oh, geez. Yeah. And so I've just, yeah, I've actually gotten really into flavor profiles and beer. And I figure if I'm going to drink, I'm going to enjoy it. And Hell so yeah, dude. I kind of just started me on that road. Cool. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, yeah. well, let's uh, let's get into this beer. Why is that better than, like, you know, being a teenager at a party and getting handed an <laughs> a old old mill light or something, you know, and getting the real initiation you're supposed to get? That's uh, that's true. Oh, um, all right, who wants to start it. on this beer here, boys? Which Brian? Oh, I could give it a start here. All right, Brian this Cooper. Is, this is Brian. Go and, ahead, please. Um, yes, uh, so it had port with a, you know, uh, it was a large hit when we opened the bottle. We almost were a little worried it was going to gush out of there, but it, uh, we poured it. Uh, it's a nice minty uh, aroma uh, and choc- it's got you know minty, chocolatey, and imperial stout base kind of coming through in tandem to me. It was this this nice combination where nothing was too intense and nothing was you know hidden. So I like that. Um, it seemed well balanced. Moderately fruity esters, uh, pleasant. No, no real hops. No DMS. I didn't get any acid or anything like that. But yeah, the, the malt is just you know a little chocolate, a little coffee like, and then the the chocolate also comes through with that. So I'm interested to hear when we get to the what kind of chocolate you used, how you did that process. We'll get to that. Um, you know, a little bit of alcohol evident, but it's not too like wow in your face. So um, yeah, it does definitely seem like a lighter imperial. Uh, color-wise, it's a deep dark brown, near, nearly opaque. It's really hard to see, uh, even to judge the the clarity of the beer. Uh, it's 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 pretty pretty dark, but it's not black. It's it's just a really deep dark brown. There might be some haze in there that's making it uh, somewhat opaque, but that's okay. Uh, had a nicely formed head, uh, tan-colored bubbles, mostly finer bubbles there. Uh, it stood up for a good a good long time, so the retention was nice. Um, in the flavor, I get, um, again, richly malty. It's got some chocolate a flavor, some good coffee-like notes, um, you know, moderate intensity, and, and a smooth alcohol, pretty pretty low. 
And then at that point in writing the score sheet, I belched a little bit, and I got <laughs> the mintiness came right out at me, and, and that was kind of fun. Uh, I felt like it was, you know, a nice in the flavor. The mint's a little lower, like in the aroma, you get the mint right away. You get the the chocolate a little below that, and then the, you know the stout base below that. And the flavor, it's kind of the opposite. It's more the mint comes through um, a little above, and it's but it's not sharp or biting to me in any way, really. Um, and some co- nice coffee and chocolate notes below that. Um, okay. Um, so yeah, it's it's. You know, kind of a semi-sweet chocolate kind of flavor. It's a little, a little drier. Um, you know, than some imperial stouts have a little, leave a little more sweetness in them. Um, but just kind of flavor-wise, remind me of like mint chip ice cream combined with a dark beer. You know, like a mint yeah. chip ice cream beer float. It's something that I would never really think to combine, but now I'm thinking about trying it. Um, you know, fin- you know, finishes. You can't semi- steal my ideas. <laughs> finishes semi dry. Yeah, no, I'm not going to market this. I just, yeah. It, 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 sometimes you hear hear a beer like, uh, oh, okay, uh, yeah, this with that and something else. That's not going to work. But you know, these things, these flavors do go together pretty well, and and you would imagine that they would. But hey, you did it. So, uh, mouthfeel wise, it's medium full bodied with low smooth. Uh, alcohol warmth, somewhat creamy. There's not a whole lot of, there's no real astringency there. Um, carbonation is medium is okay. You know, it's just um, yeah, pushing those flavors up. Um, so yeah, we're talking about like when you get a 34C experimental beer, <laughs> you know, and it's, uh, is it gonna be a hot mess? I'd say you know, to me it's, it's pretty. You know, it's pretty opposite of hot mess. It's, it, it melts nicely. Um, I would like a little more sweetness alongside the mint and the chocolate, just a bit. Um, it could tolerate a bit more alcohol as well, just to be more um, as declared as an imperial stout. But, you know, to me, it works pretty well as is. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I gave it a 37. I thought it was a very good beer. Excellent. All right, Brian Shar. All right, so I will start this off with a little uh, discussion about judging in general. Uh, I, Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, I know Here it's, it's crazy, right? <laughs> uh, mint, oh, please do. I, I have a weird relationship with mint. I love fresh mint. I love cooking with mint. Uh, I'm very particular about mint, and there's mint shows up in a lot of things, and I'm not happy with it. You know, tooth. I'm very particular about toothpaste. I have to use like one particular toothpaste because other mint flavors, I, I just don't like. And when you're judging, you've got to put that stuff aside. Mm. I mean, everyone has styles they like or don't like, ingredients they like or don't like. And you've got to just compartmentalize that in your head and find some way to deal with that, uh, even if there's something you may, may have a little dislike of or pickiness about when, you know, personally. Uh, so as a judge, you've got to do that. Uh, and entrance kind of need to be aware that sometimes, I mean, everyone's palate's a little bit different, and sometimes people don't always react uh, real well to everything. Uh, So aroma, I think the mint is uh, definitely dominant, which is good. I mean, it's supposed to be a mint chocolate imperial stout. The mint is is pretty much dominant in the aroma. Uh, I get a little bit of an artificial mint quality to it, uh, a little toothpaste-like. Uh, and when I'm done with the score sheet, I'll be curious to hear the details about how you uh, you went about adding the mint. Uh, got a low okay. roasted malt character. Uh, it is somewhat chocolatey and a low woody hop aroma. I think the hops went really well with the, the malt. Uh, even, you know, mint aside, I think with uh, hoppy, dark beers, 
Hop selection can be really problematic. You know, the sea hops don't typically play well with dark malt, for right. example. So trying to find a hop, you know, hitting on a hop that actually works with a roasted malt uh, is a good thing, and, and you really uh, manage to nail that. Uh, the, the hop really goes along well with that, that roast. Uh, there's no off aromas, uh, no diacetyl, nothing like that. It gave it an 8 for aroma. Uh, appearance, it's almost black. Uh, can't tell how clear it is because it's so dark. Head is low and persistent. That's 3 out of 3. Uh, in the flavor, the mint is not quite as dominant as in the aroma. It does lead off uh, the, 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 the flavor. And then the roast malt takes over to kind of balance against the, uh, the mint. Uh, there is some chocolate character. Uh, medium hop bitterness, which I thought was really nice, and then sort of that low woody hop flavor. And again, that hop flavor really goes along well with the roast malt. That was an excellent choice, and that's really harmonious, which is tough to do in in this beer. Uh, it's well attenuated. Also, surprise, given this is your second beer ever that you made something imperial mm-hmm. and got it well attenuated, is a you know, good good job. That's that's well done. Uh, balances toward the malt. Thank you. The finish is long and minty and roasty. Give it a 10 out of 20. Uh, Mouthfeel, 5 out of 5. Body is medium to full. Carbonation's medium. It's got some warming character to it. It's creamy. Uh, really hits everything it's supposed to hit for, uh, for mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. Uh, overall impression, uh, you know, I, it's, the mint character for me was a little toothpastey and was perhaps a little too aggressive compared to the chocolate uh, in in this beer, uh, and maybe that's just the interaction. I mean, roast malt ingredients when you combine them with roast malt can be kind of problematic, and you don't always know that until you combine them. Uh, right, roast malt tends to have a little bit of that. It's got a little bit of that phenol to it, a little bit of that you know that roast character, and it can amplify or or de-amplify things in ways you may not quite expect when you, you write a recipe. I mean, it's, it's dark malt can be weird that way. Uh, you know, I would, uh, and I'm curious to hear how you added the mint, uh, if you boiled it or sort of, quote, dry minted it. Uh, but, you know, I gave it a, uh, a, I gave it a six for overall impression. And total was a 32. You know, I, I thought it was, it was well done, especially knowing this is your second beer ever. I mean, man, your, your process, you, you have your process down and you're doing a good job with all your fundamentals. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Well, yeah, Logan, let's talk about uh, your beer a little bit if you want to hit your recipe up um, and you can answer some of the questions the guys asked, like how you, you added the mint. Um, I, you know, I, I agree kind of I'm, – I'm in both camps of you, of you guys. I, I, I think it, it, everything worked really well, but the mint is kind of the last pokey thing out. You know what I mean? It's just kind of weird. But uh, anyway, yeah, uh, give us your recipe if you wouldn't mind. <laughs> okay. Um, let me pull it up real fast. Um I actually used uh, fresh mint. Uh, I used three and three quarters ounces of fresh mint. Uh, And I did dry hop it or dry mint it, if you will, Hmm. um, for about five days. I bruised uh, the mint in a muddle and then threw it in. Hmm. So that was kind of fun. Um, As far as the recipe goes. Yeah. What kind of mint? Just a uh, garden variety uh, grocery store mint, or like you would put in a, yeah, I don't know, um, mojito I, or something. I actually, well, no, I, uh, I, I went and got uh, fresh 
uh, like fresh mint leaves from like a, a fresh market here. Cool, cool. That's a good way to go for yeah. sure. Yeah, and then um, the uh, I did uh, eight ounces of two row, a pound of chocolate, um, two pounds of crystal sixty. I did eight ounces of roasted barley, and then I actually did a partial mash. So the rest of it's all DME. Hmm. I did a extra. I did a pound of extra special or extra dark. Um, three pounds of uh, dark. One pound of light dry, uh, uh, dry malt extract, and then two pounds of amber. Um, okay. I did one ounce of Fuggles. Um, U.S. Fuggles and one ounce of Cascade in the boil at 60 minutes. And then at 10 minutes, I added semi-sweet baker's chocolate. Mm-hmm. Um, I added, added eight ounces of that. And then I used, uh, for my yeast, I did a packet of the Safe Ale um, USO4, so the English ale. Uh, and I just rehydrated it and pitched it. Yeah, so the chocolate... Baker's chocolate right into the boil. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Was there a reason you used so many different colors of DME? Um, honestly, I just kind of wanted to have some fun with it. And uh, I had I honestly was only going to do like dark and amber. But I had a pound of uh, the light DME left over. And because uh, when I ordered my DME, uh, I didn't get it from my local homebrew shop. Uh, not that I don't love my local homebrew shop. It's just they didn't have everything that I wanted mm-hmm. um, or that I was looking for. So they, uh, when I got my original DME, uh, one of the bags had ripped open. So they sent me a, an extra bag of the extra special darks hmm. uh, as a sorry for, you know, your yeah. package kind of ripping so right well, that was nice of <laughs> so i just kind of threw that in as well it's like uh what you yeah. had around Fuck that it. day yeah cool well you're, yeah you're, the gravity you're... oh go oh, ahead sorry. Yeah. go ahead no you're doing interesting things for you know so early in your brewing for sure uh yeah what did Thank the you. gravity hit there um the original gravity started at a 1081 uh 1082 I did not expect that at all. I was shooting for 1065. <laughs> yeah. <so>. Yeah. <laughs> all that DME, and, man, will throw yeah. you. <laughs> yep, and then, it, and then it threw back down to, uh, it came all the way down to like a 1025 to 1024. Yeah. So it attenuated very nicely. I did use a yeast nutrient, mm-hmm. um, and I'm trying to remember. I have the package somewhere around here. Um, I'll... I'll email it to you or something. I have a, but I use a yeast, a yeast nutrient um, to kind of help these because I knew there was a lot of sugar in there. Yeah, sure. Was it like so, a diammonium phosphate or was it like a nutrient blend of some sort? Maybe. I think it was diammonium phosphate. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That sounds right. Yeah. Well, extra so. nitrogen source for the. Um, but yeah, in a beer like this, your your yeast should have. Well, I mean, it'll help it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Is that the stuff you can make? I figured anything with can help. The watch list for <laughs> Yeah, if you buy more than two ounces, yeah. you're on. You're on oh a list. man! Well, what do you guys think of his, uh, Logan's recipe? Something it's, we can kind of tweak to maybe coax com- it in a different a direction. Complex. You you could simplify it a little bit. Um, to please Brian, you could pull back the mint a little bit and mm-hmm. maybe 
you know, try four days next time instead of five, and it might be less dominant. Um, okay. I think your starting and finishing gravities are actually pretty nice. You know, I would have liked a little more sweetness in it, but it's yep. it's kind of a big beer, and it, it expresses itself. There's so much else going on that it just it's it's kind of you know it's it's well, at ten twenty four finishing. To. Yeah, could be it it should feel a little sweeter to me, but. Yeah, I had to. I was gonna try and do like a sweet stout, mm-hmm. but my uh, one of my best friends, who Bruce, uh, who he and I are both kind of in this brewing process together, um, he wasn't able to meet me for this one. But we had decided not to do like a sweet stout because a lot of sweet stouts you do lactose with it, yeah. and he's lactose intolerant. So we kind of uh, did mm. a chocolate stout without some lactose. So I tried to there do something. I tried to get it as sweet as I possibly could without going too far yeah i i would i would agree with brian i would back off uh the dry minting maybe to four days uh because it's i I think maybe that's just the issue i mean it is fresh and as it's warmed up uh it's the what i was perceiving as kind of a toothpaste like character is kind of going away but it says it's very intense compared to the chocolate Uh, another thing that i would Mm do is you know personally i i don't like using dark dna (laughs) Because you're not entirely sure what's in it. It's not a matter of whether it's okay. a reputable supplier or not. You just don't know from a flavor standpoint. I mean, it's not not what's in it in the sense of oh, it's you know licorice and you know beetle dung or something. No, it's just more like you don't know what <laughs> what malt did they use, what kind of roast malt, mm-hmm. why is it dark. Uh, I prefer the the light malt. And then you're already doing a partial mash. Use the partial mash to get your your darker malts to get the color and the flavor. Uh, and what I would do, okay. I, I, I love chocolate malt. Uh, I do a, a Christmas stout every year. I, I have for 20 years, aside from this year. Uh, and I've driven that as the years go by. I I do a 10-gallon batch, and I'll put three, four pounds of chocolate malt in there. It's, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't recommend going necessarily <laughs> something that high. Right. But, I mean, to me, if you want chocolate, you want to use some – so you use chocolate malt. Use pale chocolate, something like that. And that will help drive your, your chocolate flavor. Continue to use the, the, the baking chocolate. It's a great mm-hmm. idea. Sure, uh, fine, yeah. yeah. But I think I would, if you're okay. trying to drive it to be a little more balanced between the mint and the chocolate, if you drive, you know, use light DME, use some chocolate malt, back off on the dry minting a little, and I think it will be significantly more balanced between the mint and the chocolate. Yeah, I agree. And just to confuse things more, I would even um, back off on the chocolate and shift maybe even half of it to pale chocolate because you, you, you kind yeah. of, it, for me, the mint and the, the light roast character at the end clash. And the kind of, that's, I think, was the okay. obtuse part of it. So, it, it, like, if it were me, I would yeah, go I would go all pale chocolate. Um, I would maybe even do the mint, like, three days because there is, for me, kind of a green, yeah. like, stem of the mint plant or whatever quality to it. And, and maybe that's not in there, but anyway, I, that's, that's kind of what I'm assuming or per- perceiving. Like flavors. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. maybe even just try like, you know, cocoa nibs also and age them on cocoa nibs for a bit instead of doing the chocolate. Cause I, I don't know if I would have ever known that there was actual chocolate in here because for me, pale chocolate comes off as chocolate. 
comes yeah. off chocolatey yeah. and creamy. Um, okay. But so again, just to make things even more convoluted, which welcome to home brewing, dude. Mm. Um, you know, <laughs> you, if you want to do one thing, there's 12 different people telling you how to do 15 different things. Well, JP loves his nibs well, too. So. I do. I love nibs and I love pale chocolate. I think they're they're awesome. But that's my recommendation uh, to back off a little bit on the uh, that kind of astringent acrid malt. Uh, but then that's my problem with my oatmeal stout and why it never wins anything beyond second round or beyond first round is it doesn't it it's, doesn't have that stout quality which is that kind of acrid malt so or you have some judges that okay. don't know what they're judging well that more than anything but uh <laughs> anyway logan do you have any questions for the guys based on uh, all that bull crap we just shouted at you no, um, that's one of the best parts about this being recorded is I get to go back and listen to you guys. <laughs> You're like, I'm not paying attention at all, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm totally yeah. thinking. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I'm, I'm paying kidding. attention, obviously, but it just helps. Um, uh, well, uh, something that is probably going to be a little easier um, to answer, uh, but I, this is going to be my last uh, partial mash. I'm literally about to dive into – all green, Hell yeah, and dude. Uh, like I've got a I've got a wit beer I'm about to do um, in a couple weeks. Great, so, that's a great style. Yeah. Um, so, how would I convert this over to a all grain if you yeah. were to convert it yourself? I used to know. I used to know that that calculation, <laughs> man. I think it's like I think it's seven points difference between like malt, uh, liquid malt extract and like. Oh, uh, seven points per pound, I think, is what it is. Or you could use Beersmith. Or you can use a Beersmith, yeah. Yeah, you're definitely going to need to okay. up the pounds of the malt. Because, uh, yeah, the, the extract is just, you know, a lot of sugar. And uh, the malt, you have husks and weight, other weight in there, too. So it's like it's, you know, yeah, I th- one point, one and a quarter times the weight of the, the DME. You know, I'm going to go on like more that. beer and look it up. because There's converters. I, I know. I, I think it is seven points per pound of, of liquid malt extract. And I think it might be more for dry malt yeah. extract. So def- definitely check it out. But what Shar was saying earlier about the color. You're going to need to really massage the color on this a lot because you're accounting for all that DME that already had the crystal malts or whatever. Right. Yeah. And, and while JP's looking that up, I, I, I applaud you for making a wit beer. It's a great style. It's very tasty. But it's going to be, it's a challenging style to brew all grain because there's so much wheat. Be sure you use rice hulls. Be sure get, get a mm. pound or two of rice hulls in there. Uh, otherwise... You run the risk of sticking your mash. Uh, it, it's gonna that that wheat can get really gummy and thick, and depending what temperature you mash okay. at, uh, you know I, I've had uh, occasional problems with wit beer if I don't use rice holes. And then you're kind of stuck with maybe you have to sparge early. That that 170 degree sparge water will often kind of help loosen up that brick that you can get sometimes with wheat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's. It's, it's something that, you know, man, you're, you're doing stuff the hard way in some ways, <laughs> and I, I applaud your, uh, your initiative the, to go uh, out and just make, make a wit beer and make it happen. Yeah, the Internet is telling oh, yeah. me it's well, I, 0.6 pounds of DME for every pound of two-row. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I, uh, yeah, as far as, the, uh, as far as the mash and everything, I'm actually doing brew-in-a-bag kind of things. Cool. Because uh, I only have one burner, uh, you know. I still complex, put some you know, rice struggles. holes. You put some rice holes in that bag, 
Uh, okay. I, I I worry that even with brew in a bag, you're going to lift. You, you're maybe not going to get full wetting, or you're not going to. You're going to lift it up, and you're going to have a bunch of water stuck in that bag. Everything from the outside will drip off, and then inside yeah. will just be solid <laughs> yeah. chunk. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was going to say too about this okay. beer. It's you know it's nice uh, even despite the the fat content and the chocolate that the head Whoa. didn't fall flat. It lasted a good long time. Yeah, I noticed there's maybe a little bit of sediment in the beer. You might work on um, you know settling things out or maybe clarifying a bit. So, so yeah, yeah. So I bottle conditioned. Okay. Um, and yeah, because I don't have uh, again apartment complex struggles. Yay! Yeah. I don't have the ability to do tagging or anything just yet. Yeah. Um. That's okay. But, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I feel like I, I did priming tabs, so I don't do priming sugar. I actually buy the yeah. tabs themselves, the and drops, I can kind of regulate it that way, the little drops, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, so it's just an easy way for me to regulate the carbonation without over-gunking my beer or making it overly sweet or adding, like, honey or, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. For sure. All right, Logan. Hey, man, we're going to let you go, but uh, I really appreciate you sending in the beer. And uh, and for your uh, second batch, hell, dude, for your 50th batch, you did a pretty good job. You keep it going. Yeah, well Thank done. you, guys. Yeah, you're welcome. Will do. All right, dude, we'll talk to you. All right, cool. goodbye. No, later. Cheers. Cool. Yeah, man, not bad. I was uh, yeah. pretty surprised. I wish I was making good beer. <laughs> my second still. badge, dude. G-Ball, yeah. still, yeah, for God's sakes, man. My, oh my beer's God. terrible. To go back to that second batch and think about how awful mine was. Uh, oh, Jesus. I can't I even. still remember my first one. It was just bottle gushers, uh, dude. Just uh, sour and, like, I couldn't even blame it on any sort of, like, bottle wand contamination or plastic. I mean, it's just it's yeah. terrible. Anyway, uh, you know what uh, What sucked about my brewing was my water. And you know what could have helped is the iDip. It's the Smart Brew Water Testing Kit and incorporates a photometer system, which is revolutionary and the first and only one on the market with its own app. It's for home or commercial use. The only meter on the market that runs water tests with no math needed on your part you let the machine do it and that's really what we're all about here on on dr homebrew and the brewing network in general being ruled by robots which is why uh, the terminator isn't a horror movie so much as just a, a you know what we have to look forward to yeah, yeah. it can test for uh, over 40 different quality uh, water quality tests like total alkalinity chloride calcium hardness ph sulfate and more Go to smartbrewkit.com, enter TBN10 at checkout, and that will get you $10 off on either the standard or advanced smart brew testing kit. I look forward to my iDip deciding whether I live or die. Yeah, I, every day. <laughs> take, a, take a blood sample, iDip. Live. All right. Hell yeah, dude. I'm going to watch cartoons. Be nice to it. <laughs> All right, everybody. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to drink a sour beer, and it's going to be great. It's Dr. Homebrew. Hang on. Fellow BNers, this is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. 
The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Now, back to the examination. Thanks for sticking with us, everybody. We're about to pour a sour beer here from Vaughn, who was on a show, I think, a couple of months ago. Right, Brian? Yeah, he hopped on a couple shows ago, yeah. Nice. Well, unfortunately, uh, it's my fault I didn't uh, let him know that tonight was going to be the uh, the show. So I do not have him on, the, on the, the line, but we do have his beer in front of us. If one of you handsome young men wouldn't mind pouring some of that. While I talk about Grog Tag. Grog Tag is your one-stop homebrew customization shop. They have it all from reusable beer and wine labels to durable metal signs, high-quality coasters, and everything they have is customizable. So get creative over on grogtag.com with one of their hundreds of templates, and they'll print it on high-quality materials and ship it out to you. It's easy. Check out grogtag.com today and use code BNARMY to save 10% on your next order. Or let me tell you something. Let me tell you a secret, guys. If you want to save 25% on some templates, not everything, uh, they have beta.grogtag.com, the, the beta site they've been working on for, oh, God, a year and a half now. Um, it's finally up. They have a brand-new uh, label editor. They have a brand-new everything, brand-new interface. Everything's faster. It renders super quick. And if you use the beta site, like I said, they don't have all the templates up, but uh, you take 25% off. It's automatic. Dude, I can break any software, and that's a promise. So I can go on their beta site because you really if should. anyone's going to break that, I'm going to break the hell out of that. Please do. Do it. Beta.grogtag.com saves you 25% on uh, on your order. And, you know, a lot of the, the holiday ones are up. And, uh, look, if anyone's listening live, I think they're doing free overnight shipping. If you, or if you order by the 20th, which is tomorrow, uh, it'll ship. Uh, it'll be upgraded, and you'll get it. Um, not free, but you know, you'll get it before Christmas. Is what I'm trying to say. Oh yeah, that's coming up, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So if you have anything <laughs> that you need to gift, mm. it's one of look. If you order on Amazon Prime right now, you're not going to yeah. get it before Christmas. I no. haven't bought it. That, everybody's getting one of those but, for Christmas. Everybody on my list. A grog tag. Yep, grog tags for everybody. <laughs> Hell yeah! Uh, all right, we got a sour beer. Do you guys know anything about the sour beer? This is a Katarina Sour, and uh, Brian and I were looking this up uh, before the uh, uh, the show as we were judging this. So this is one of the uh, uh, specialty styles, but it's also, oh. in the 2015 guidelines, something that's called a local style. Uh, for those following along at home, if you look at the 2015 guidelines, uh, there is a, under local styles, which is an X. This is an X4. So an X4. It's an X4. Katarina, it's a 4X. not just triple X. This is 4X. Yeah. This is how dirty this is. This Jeez. is a 4X beer. Hell yeah. Um, so it was. it's a Katarina sour because it apparently was invented in 2015 in the state of Santa Catarina in Brazil. It was a collaboration between home brewers and pro brewers mm-hmm. to make something drinkable and sour like a Berliner Weiss, but also incorporated local ingredients. Okay. So it's like a it's like a stronger Berliner Weiss, 
that has local fruits. And I guess depending on – it's Brazil, so I don't know what local fruits you have in Brazil. Probably like Cocaine every yeah, – that's, that's, isn't that Peru or some shit? It's all over my um, But, I mean, it's Brazil. Let's they probably have like 40 fruits you've never heard of that oh are my God. super tasty. Yeah. Uh, and then like every fruit you could get at Safeway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so pretty much whatever it feels, you feel like putting in your beer that's a fruit is probably good for a Katerina Sour. But the fruit yeah. should be very predominant in the aroma and the flavor. Okay. Interesting. Was that, Brian, was that uh, kind of accurate based on what we discussed? I, yeah, I kind of I like did it. that this, by memory. You know, and yeah, I, this style is pretty new to me as well, and uh, I've never been to Brazil. I had never but, heard about um, this. I thought it was just like the name of his beer, the Katarina Sour. <laughs> my, I Katarina. my mom, Katarina. <laughs> no, the na- it's called Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> With a Z. With a Z, yeah. No, but it's uh, it X7. Yeah. It's true. Think of this beer as a light, refreshing wheat ale with a clean lactic sourness balanced by a fresh fruit addition. Like, you, know, you definitely want the fruit to be dominant. Yeah. You know, it's low bitterness. Kind of, yeah. And it is wheat. That was an important yeah. thing yeah. that I okay. found. So it should be like a wheat predominant. And, and, and well, it should be carbonated, quite carbonated. Cool. I'm excited to try a beer I've literally never had or heard of before. Which is, you know, hey, man, God bless homebrewers. X4. Know? Okay. All right, Brian Shar, Mr. Grandmaster One. Well, let's let's do this thing. Let's so go. I was excited to try this too because I've never had a Katarina Sour, um, and I'm. This is a, a passion fruit. Uh, the, the fruit here is a is passion fruit. Uh, special ingredients: the uh, the uh, I, yeast, the bacteria, are good belly. And if you've ever listened to the Sour Hour, which is another fine show on the, this fine network, yeah. uh, there is discussion from time to time about using Good Belly as a source of, of bacteria for brewing. And it works really well with this beer. Uh, and the aroma, the passion fruit, really dominates the aroma, which is quite an achievement because, to me, passion fruit often doesn't really taste or smell like much of anything. Uh, so that's uh, it, it actually is very pleasant, very distinctively passion fruit. Uh, no hops, uh, sort of a low pills malt character to the extent you you smell the the malt. No diacetyl, no off aromas. I mean, it's supposed to be a uh, a fruit dominated aroma, and that's definitely what this is. So I gave that a nine out of twelve. Uh, appearance, it's crystal clear. I mean, I've almost never seen a beer this clear. I mean, it, it's pretty astounding. I've got an inch of it in my glass, and I can hold it several inches away from the score sheet, and I can still read through that, and that's that's pretty pretty astounding. Uh, the head is extremely low, and it didn't didn't persist all that long. Uh, color is very light gold with the hints of pink. I gave it a two out of three primarily because of the lack of head. Flavor is dominated by the passion fruit. Uh, there's some lactic acid uh, that immediately comes up to more than balance that kind of sour citrus character. It's a tart follow-up that almost gives it kind of a sweet tart type of character. It's not sweet at all, but the fruit, the passion fruit gives you kind of that hint of sweet, and then that lactic comes up and gives you the tart. It's a really yeah, nice balance. And it's a little chalky, like a sweet tart to me on the back, like just a little bit of minerality. Um, which is, to me, what I get more of out of the sweet tart. It, it is... Yeah, I totally... Now that you, you know, mentioned that, I totally get that. I uh, ruined it for you. That. No, no, it's... <laughs> I, maybe you've talked me into it, but I defi- definitely... It's probably why I was thinking maybe. sweet tart, right? Yeah, That's maybe. partly... It's that texture. Yeah. Right? And maybe it's silly, but uh, I don't think it is. Part of the sweet tart is the texture. Like, I, yes. was, I was on a road trip to uh, L.A. for Thanksgiving with my daughter to see my parents, and we stopped for snacks, 
and I get sweet tarts. We get in the car, and it's some kind of soft sweet tart bullshit. Oh, no, that's never good, dude. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And I was so disappointed because I wanted sweet tarts, and I got this kind of soft nonsense. (laughs) Uh, And that's not that's not what you want. No, Uh, but that but sweet real sweet tarts. Yeah, I totally get you know that little bit of that chalkiness. This is, this is not a face ripper in terms of bitter in terms of sour, but it's definitely firmly sour, uh, which I, I really like the level of sourness in this beer. Uh, no hop flavor or bitterness, which is, seems to be acceptable for the style. I mean, there's some bitterness in here, obviously, but it's so that the sourness and the fruit just kind of steamroll any of the low level of bitterness that's going to be uh, uh, in there. Yeah. Uh, there's low malt character. Finish is medium in terms of its duration. It's dominated by a lactic slash citrus sour. Uh, give it a 14 out of 20 for flavor. Uh, mouthfeel. Body is low with very low carbonation. Uh, the carbonation does seem higher than it actually is due to the lactic acid bite, uh, but it's not astringent, not warm, warming or creamy. Uh, give it 4 out of 5 for mouthfeel. Uh, you know, I've never had, uh, for overall impression, I gave it an 8 out of 10. I've never had a Katarina Sour, but I, I want more of this now. I, somebody <laughs> needs to import this in the U.S., right? Yeah. You start making this or, or something. Absolutely. Uh, it's well-made. It really shows off the fruit. I think really the only flaw in this beer, which is very clean and I think very well done, is that it's just undercarbonated. This style, mm. according to the guidelines, never having had one, according to the guidelines, it should be more carbonated than it is. Uh, and I think that would, would enhance this beer quite a bit. I mean, the passion fruit really marries well with this uh, lactic sourness. And it's, you know, the sourness, to have just that clean lactic, it's, it's, not, it's not funky. There's no brat in here that I could, could tell. I, I don't get funkiness out of this. Uh, it's a very, uh, uh, it, it's lactic sour. It's citrus. I mean, it's kind of a one-note sourness on the one hand. Yeah. But it's that one-note sourness that really goes well with the passion fruit. So it's really well done. Give this a 37 out of 50. Really like this. And I'm probably going to sit here and drink some more while Brian is uh, talking about his Gorshi. <laughs> well, no, let's omit probably and say I'm definitely going to drink some more of this while Brian's talking about it. Yeah, I'll do the same. Okay. You should. Go ahead, Brian. Katarina, um, thanks for sending this fun. This is a fun, fun little beer to try. I'd never yeah. had one either. Um, in the aroma, it is quite fruity and has a pleasant tropical passion fruit character right up front. That's nice. Um, you know, in the, in the aroma, it's a light sour character, no acetic, just nice clean lactic, uh, clean and kind of, kind of ghost like I, I got almost, I might've been imagining cause I can't, I can't really smell salt, but like kind of a salty sea air impression or like hmm. you're sitting by a v- tropical tree on the beach, kind of a, like, you know, just a nice clean breezy kind of. Aroma. Does that make sense? It does, yeah, it, no, it doesn't. Maybe like the... <clears throat> like some gozes have that, you know? Or like if you mm-hmm. if you ha- eat too much salt and it's like tart, Yeah, maybe it's that kind of thing. So like, hmm, I wonder if this is going to be salty, you know? <laughs> now that but, you mentioned that, I get a little uh, little hint of saltiness. Yeah, I like it. That's yeah. a good one, Brian. Uh, you know, just bright tropical fruit esters. Uh, no, no funk here, uh, and it shouldn't have any of that. Um, I, I I did come back and get a very very faint uh, a THP. Uh, I'm not getting any ethyl acetate or anything else gnarly in there. It's just you know 
Uh, it's a nice, clean sour with with all lactic. But uh, the, yeah, the appearance is cool. It's a peachy, light gold colored, and I gave it full points for appearance, even though it didn't really have a head that much. That you know, it faded pretty quick. But it's, the, it's, the color was cool. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's like kind of cool. It's a peachy colored, uh, light gold color, and just brilliantly clear. Yeah, low white foam stand, of fine bubbles. Uh, not long last. And the sourness can cut the head down a little bit, too. So that's fine. It just fades to a little color around the edge yeah, soon after soon after pouring. Uh, flavor-wise, it's it's nice and fruity up front. That tropical fruit comes right through. That The passion fruit, of course, specifically. Yeah. Low uh, maltiness, kind of you know generic maltiness in there. It's not like, oh, there's a big malty beer. No obvious hop bitterness. Uh, and again, pleasantly sour, just a clean lactic quality. It finishes nice, dry, and tart, um, but it doesn't, again, melt your face off, as Brian suggested. Um, and they, in the aftertaste, uh, it does, uh, the passion fruit does linger in the aftertaste, but then as that last, uh, uh, you know, finish dries off, the the light THP starts to come through in there. It tastes like, uh, THP tastes like Cheerios. It's something, you can mm-hmm. look it up on, on Milk the Funk, it's uh, tetrahydro. Uh, pyridine, um, I believe it's caused by, uh, well, uh, you want to keep, keep oxygen out of your sour beers after they're, uh, well, you know, as much as you can. I, th- I think it's oxygen related, but, you know, they've got all the pathways here. You go to Milk the Funk Wiki and you can read 10 pages about it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you ask a, a dozen different sour brewers and you get a dozen different answers how to r- remove it. So I'm not, I'm not quite sure, but okay. it does. It is something that will age out. So this, you know, this could could get better uh, with time and it'll drop out. And again, it's just late in the flavor. So. Uh, it's really still very pleasant to drink, and that's kind of a fine point. Um, it's kind of a sharp quality to the sound to the sourness. It does, which leads into the the mouthfeel. It's, it's got a pleasantly biting kind of sharp quality. It just has a nice little attack, even despite not having a lot of carbonation. Um, you know, the carbonation is pretty low. It definitely needs more there. No warmth from the alcohol. Uh, just a light bodied and refreshing beer, and no astringency. So. Yeah, overall, it's a very pleasant drinking Katarina Sour. It makes me want to try more of them as well. I, I, would, I would score it higher with the removal of that light uh, THP and bumping up the carbonation a fair amount. Um, and maybe even, you know, you could bump up the fruit even a little bit more. It, it should really be very fruit dominant. It's And I'd say it's, it's substantially fruit dominant, but there's some other things poking through here. Maybe just pulling the THP away will... Let that fruit shine through a little more brightly too, but I gave it a thirty-four. Um, I thought it was a, it's a very good beer, and just yeah, the light little very fine points on the on the flaw that that I detected there. But yeah, it's um, it's super fun beer. I I enjoy it, and it looks great. So thanks for sending it, Vaughn. Cool. I agree with Brian about the THP. I I definitely get that also. I think it doesn't bother me as much. Um, Sometimes I, I've had examples that are super THP in that yeah. case. I'm like, wow, they're just undrinkable. But a question, you know, and Brian, this might be more of a sour hour type question. Uh, you know, you know a lot more about sours than I do. Is is the car, if there were more carbonation, would it be something that would drive off the THP in the glass, or is it not that kind of compound? Is it not a volatile? Do do you know? 
Um, I'm just not familiar yeah. enough with chemistry to know that. I'm not. I'm not sure about that. Okay. Yeah, it's probably it's too too complex of a. We will we'll punt that to the sour hour yeah. or to milk the funk or something. It is, uh, but yeah, it, you know, I agree with you though. The lightness of it, it, it comes across as kind of a, a bready or a, a cereal like kind of character. That's not not too far off from malt flavors. That that it's like, well, there's a little maltiness in there. Like, wait, no, that's THP. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. well, it's a little like it's Captain, kind of like a one dimensional Captain Crunch, yeah, Cheerios kind of thing in there. Just real light. Let, let's not mm. defame Captain Crunch here. Captain <laughs> Crunch is a, is a fine cereal. That, He's done uh, a lot for the roof of my mouth. Exactly. All right. Well, hey, man, I wish you had Vaughn on to talk about it a little bit because it is a very interesting beer. It was, yeah. We'll, we'll I enjoyed that it. guy yeah. again sometime, I'm sure. It's almost a little too tart. I, I, don't know. I, don't I want know. a little more malt, a little more sweetness yeah. maybe in there, just a little bit. Maybe I'm. I'd be curious. To, he should drop us a postal letter by you know handwritten like a PO box. <laughs> yes, mail, mail. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, hey, let's take a break real fast, and our last break, and then uh, we'll give uh, away a grog tag certificate, and then we're going to get out of here. It's Doctor Homebrew. We'll be right back. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star solution. Visit fivestarchemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today are you a member of the white labs customer club if not you should be it's the easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either vials or pure pitch all you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast an exclusive white labs t-shirt or sweatshirt and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself chris white Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you awesome White Labs swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com slash customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right. Thanks for waiting, everybody. Yeah. Before we get to our uh, winner, or I guess our second place winner, I want to let you guys know that More Beer wants to, you to change your malt game with Viking Malt. Speaking of malt, hailing from Northern Europe, Viking Malt is a family-owned malt house since 1883 and is the largest specialty malt producer in the world. Their base malts are malted from null-lox varietals that do not contain the enzyme lipooxygenase, which leads to trans 2 nonanol in beer, which is responsible for those stale cardboard flavors. So head over to morebeer.com and brew with ingredients... 
from the future. All right, boys. Who wins our $40, at least your beer will look good, grogtag.com gift certificate. Ready to go. That would be the new guy, Mr. Logan. Oh. Uh, yeah, but we're, we had a really good neck-and-neck neck, uh, almost kind of scoring today. We we're, were both pretty good. Brian and I kind of flipped on him, but uh, overall we scored volumes a little higher. So Okay, Logan, good job, dude. Congratulations. Nice. Thanks for sending in. Race. Yeah, thanks for sending in that beer. And uh, thanks for starting to homebrew and listening to the show and all the dumb stuff that I'm yeah. supposed to say right now. We're talking more about the THP on the break, too. And I was going to say, I don't think it... I don't think it blows off. I think it's a little heavier component that stays in there. Uh, but one thing that is interesting about it is the reason that you taste it late uh, in the flavor is like it it's more apparent at a higher uh, pH. So as the sour beer in your mouth is lower, and the reason that's kind of hard to taste in beer and wine sometimes, and some people just don't get it, is that it, you know it's really sour. You don't get the taste as much, and then as it the pH in your mouth naturally goes up as that taste dries off. That flavor comes out, so you get that little cherry. They call it mouse taint in wine. Mouse taint, yeah, yeah dude. <laughs> so it's the same thing, but cool. Yeah, check out Milk the Funk. It's got a ton of information about it. It's Hell pretty yeah. fascinating. Hell yeah! All right, boys. Once again, great show, great information. Uh, thanks to Vaughn and Logan for sending in some beers. And if you're listening live, hang on for, I don't know, five, ten minutes, and we'll be right back with another episode of uh, a live, someone live in the studio, a live human being. What? Yeah, it'll be no good, robots. It'll be a good time. Yeah, no robots. Damn it, where are our future no overlords? They're coming. They're being built right now. All right. Uh-huh. But anyway, thanks a lot for tuning in, everybody. And until next time, be good to each other.